Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. To put a hand on its brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch. It is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. Good morning, my beloved friends, and welcome to this first Sunday on our Lenten journey. This is a time when the barren trees and the frozen landscapes outside so keenly resemble what the inner landscape of our hearts and souls may be feeling as we begin this church season together. During Lent, the 40 days between now and Easter, we are invited to look inward to find the places in our lives and in our community needing to be exposed and wrestled with in order to realign our lives with our best intentions and our commitments to walk as followers of Christ. I find worth and value in that intention and I feel a need to call out a challenge that I have held in my heart for many decades. It seems to me that the church's desire to draw us out into a penitential season has too often been conflated with a kind of spiritual shaming and blaming that frankly leaves many of us feeling even more alone and hurting. A season of denial in and of itself is a hard sell, especially if you have spent any portion of your life feeling beaten up by some of the church's teachings. So there are aspects of this season that are hard for me, and maybe some of them are hard for you too. As a woman, a lesbian, a mother of a child of color, a progressive Christian, and a lifelong doubter and seeker who lives to question and push the boundaries from time to time, I have garnered a lifetime of spiritual baggage made up from external critical messaging from the church that have centered often on blame and shame. I also have enough of my own inner tapes of fear and doubt. Many of us from various walks of life have understandably wrestled with messages from the church at large rooted in negative messaging. Members of historically marginalized communities of all sorts have had their fair share of words weaponized and used against them. And many of the traditional words used during this season of Lent do damage as well. Think about some of the language that we have used traditionally. Sin, guilt, repentance, and judgment. All of those words sometimes leave us seeking ways to try to make sense of them as we want to realign our hearts. 
teachings that have undermined or invalidated or disrespected the sacredness of our lived experiences have pushed many of us away from the church or the possibility of coming together in any kind of spiritual community. So today, as we continue this Lenten journey, I am going to lead us in a different, although I hope equally intentional direction. For the remainder of this season, I want to focus our Lenten journey on our goodness. Or, put another way, in the words of this morning's beautiful poem, the stanza that I read by the poem by Galway Kinnell, finding a way to reteach ourselves our loveliness. Don't get me wrong, the call for us to move into a season of deep reflection and the ancient practices of intentional silence and fasting and reading scripture and remembering who we are as beloved children of God, called to be agents for change, for justice and equality, is real and necessary on our journey through this wilderness with Jesus. Theologian Walter Brueggemann once said that he thought churches should be the most honest place in town and not necessarily the happiest place in town. I couldn't agree more. But it seems to me we may be better served approaching this season by embracing a posture of tenderness. I want us all to embrace also a healthy dose of honesty, both for ourselves and for each other. So this season, I will be leaning into our weekly gospel texts and looking at them through the refracted light that is created by the lens of two wise spiritual counselors, the recently deceased Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter, Episcopal priest Mpfo Tutu. Together, 10 years ago, they co-authored a beautiful book titled Made for Goodness and why this makes all the difference. And as I have reread their words leading up to these, this series of sermons during Lent, I have found that they would be wonderful guides for us as we make our way through Lent this year. I encourage you all to get a copy of the book and to spend some time with it, as we will only be able to dip into parts of the richness that it has to offer. From their shared lived experience, you can read their stunning and very personal narrative of how they have navigated tremendously challenging experiences, finding ways to see hope and goodness in places and times and circumstances where most of the rest of us would only see injustice and oppression. But before I hold up this morning's gospel text to an insight offered by the Tutus, I want to pause and offer a word of gratitude to you all. Whether you are engaged through our digital presence or reconnecting through our Sunday morning in-person worship. For nearly two years, we have journeyed together through a deadly pandemic. We have developed altogether new, an altogether new worship format called Trinity at Home through our digital presence. During that same amount of time, we have welcomed home over 50 new members to this movement of love that we call Trinity Episcopal Church. 
We have said goodbye to staff and members from either relocation or members who have passed away during these past two years. And every time there is a change in the fabric of our community, we feel a loss. We are now entering a new season yet again, a season in which we regather in person through Trinity at 316, while also committing to the ongoing labor of love of creating Trinity at home week after week. For all of this, I want to offer my personal thanks. It was and is truly only through your goodness and faithfulness and tenderness, through the tenderness of this entire community that we were able to find together the courage and the strength to keep on this journey. When many others have left the church or have been disillusioned or isolated by COVID, together we found a way with God's help where there had never been a way before. I want to begin this season by taking a moment to say thank you to our staff, to our vestry, to our leadership, to all those who have tuned in week after week, some of you who I am meeting in person now for the very first time. You are all welcome and wanted in this extended digital village that we're creating through Trinity at Home. So now, on this Lenten journey, we begin. Rest assured with my extended preamble this morning, getting us teed up for the remaining weeks, I will only take a few minutes to look at this morning's gospel story and offer a starting point for our journey. Today we find ourselves in Luke's gospel at the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. He's still actually literally dripping wet and now heading out into the wilderness. And not unlike last Sunday's story of the Transfiguration, Jesus's temptation in the wilderness is also our assigned reading, if you will, every year at this time, and can be found in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So how does this familiar text sit with us today in our context and in this Lenten season? Two things come to mind when I think about temptations connected to times of struggle and wilderness wandering. First is the temptation to believe that we are all alone. Part of it comes from the myth of self-sufficiency, a myth held up and perpetuated by our culture. Too many times I can count when I have said or I have acted as if I can do it all by myself. When in reality, not only is it just not true, it is not helpful or life a life-giving path to follow. We are, in fact, biologically as well as emotionally hardwired for connection and interdependence. And denying that is a temptation that leaves us alone and isolated. Second, and perhaps just the other side of the temptation subscribing to the myth of self-sufficiency is the heartbreaking sense that we are all alone, especially in our wilderness moments. These times of spiritual barrenness, whether it is 40 days, 40 minutes, 40 weeks, or 40 years, can take a toll on our hearts and have us responding by pulling into ourselves 
building barriers around our hearts and walling off the possibility of being connected, fed, seen, loved, valued, cherished, or simply held by another. In other words, the devastating temptation to give up by denying our goodness, our loveliness. From the very start in Made for Goodness, Desmond and Mfo share some very important truths to help us on the path today, including these three. First, they believe that we are designed for goodness. Second, we are perfectly loved with a love that requires nothing of us. Third, that God, or the divine source of all love, holds out a perpetual invitation to us, an invitation to turn away from the anxious striving that has turned stress into a status symbol. So maybe, as we start this journey today, together, we can simply ease into this season in ways that bring us closer to the possibility of connecting deeply with the notion that we are made in the image of a lovely, good, and tender God. Remember, my friends, we, like Jesus, do not head out into the wilderness of our journeys without feeling the waters of baptism still dripping down our foreheads and perhaps, most importantly this morning, hearing the words that we are indeed God's beloved. For everything flowers from within, from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of a flower and retell it in words and in touch. It is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. May we travel well on this pilgrimage, my lovely friends. May we remember that we walk on holy ground. May we learn to see ourselves through God's eyes and embrace the goodness and loveliness just waiting to be seen and felt. And may you never forget that you are loved. Traveling mercies, may it be so.